0: Welcome to Family Cast. I'm Kyle
1: Gowen. And I'm Amy Gowen. We're glad you've joined us today. Family Cast is a weekly conversation about marriage, parenting, and all things family. Hey, friends, welcome to Family Cast. It's good to have you with us. We're so thankful that you've joined with us today. Uh, We've got an Awesome, awesome show, an awesome guest that's going to be with us. And so uh, I'm going to let Amy introduce her in just a second. I want to say thank you for all that you're doing to uh, get the word about Family Cast Out. Thank you so much for uh, your reviews and your ratings and the sharing on social me- social media. Uh, you can also uh, join us on Twitter. We're at family underscore Cast. Uh, Also, you can look up Family Cast with Kyle and Amy going on Facebook and like the page and share that. And so please, please, please keep telling your friends all about the podcast. And uh, thank you for for joining us today. Amy, tell us a little bit about uh, who's joining us today.
0: Yeah, thanks, Kyle. I am super pumped about today's topic. I know uh, so far with our Family Cast podcast, our topics have been about family. Go figure. So we've been talking about marriage, parenting, discipleship in your home, all kinds of great things. But Kyle and I um, really want to strive For the diversity of family and how it looks different. So, today we've got a great friend of ours, Jenny Sessoms, and she is a friend of ours that we've known um, indirectly for a while. Because I have a fun story. Um, We have a mutual friend who happens to be her cousin, and I worked with this wonderful lady for a while, and we would share prayer requests, and she would often pray and ask for prayer for her family that was serving in Africa as missionaries. So I would pray for this family and just be intrigued with their life there. And then lo and behold, a few years later, uh, we're both living back in the States and I meet Jenny and not only do I meet her, she is now serving in ministry in our church. So I'm super pumped, Jenny, that you're here with us today. Uh, Yeah, we're glad to have you. And we are really excited just to talk about what your family looks like, your extended family, but also what your house looks like here in Smyrna and how family, um, applies to you. So let me just throw some things out. Like I said, I know Jenny from um, her uh, her cousin that I knew and worked with for a while. Great lady. And then also, Jenny, obviously missions near and dear to your heart as it is to ours. Very much. And I know that you were a third culture kid. I am. <laughs> Tell us about that because we, we had some third culture kids in yep. our own family. <laughs> so what did that look like in your life?
2: Yeah. So third culture kid is uh, when a family or parents leave their home culture and settle permanently or for a time in a host culture. And the kids kind of grow up in this environment where they have their home life and, and everything from their their home culture that their parents kind of instill in them. And then they're living in this other culture. And so they're kind of this weird third Mix. Yeah. So, You've got all
1: kinds of traditions, yeah. and uh, Thoughts and all kinds yeah, of things kind of clashing views, together.
2: I would say the, yeah, I would say the biggest thing is worldview and perspective yeah. and just experiences, and yeah, it's for me. It was an awesome way to grow up. It was something I'm honored uh, to be. And what were those cultures?
1: Its, Can you share? Yeah. Are you able to do that?
2: Yeah, my parents are American. They uh, left America. As a young married couple, uh, starting their family, um, they arrived in West Africa and Mali, mm. pregnant with my older sister. And so they had all four of us on the mission field, born and raised um, in Mali. And then we, at the time, the mission organization, we needed to go to school outside of our country. And so we did mm. boarding school in Ivory Coast, first of all, and then second of all, in Senegal. So,
1: so now let me get this. Uh, <laughs> you were born in Mali.
2: I was born in Ivory Coast. Okay. That's where the missionary hospital was. Okay, but spent most of my time in Mali.
1: How many? How many brothers and sisters?
2: Um, two sisters and one brother. I'm the and,
1: third. And I was going to say you're the third. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, talk a little bit. What did it look like? Kind of growing. Well, you said you spent some time in uh, Ivory Coast and yeah. in Senegal your family your your parents were in Mali so Correct, yeah. where where did you where would you say uh, you guys kind of grew up what that what did that look like
2: yeah it's hard cuz i typically say that mali is home yeah. uh that's what i consider and i specifically think of one town my parents lived in a couple of different towns and villages but i specifically think of one town as home and but second home was boarding school mm. um, in Ivory Coast primarily. And then in high school, I was in Senegal, like okay. I said. But um, when I think of home, I think of Molly.
0: So, okay. Yeah. Well, number one, my first thought as a parent myself is hats off to your mom and dad. Absolutely. You know that you are committed and love the gospel. Okay. And yeah. now I know you were in good hands, and I yes. want you to talk about that, but as a mom myself, mm-hmm. when you and I f- were talking about you growing up or attending a boarding school, I mean obvi- I mean just to be honest, my mom's heart was like, "Oh my goodness, I don't know how does that what did that look like? So
1: How many years yeah. were you uh, in boarding school?
0: First through
2: twelfth grade?
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah.
2: Except for the years that we came back to the States for a year of furlough. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was two different years. But other so than that. So
1: could you give like a little picture yeah. of what does that look like for you and your your siblings?
2: Yeah. So we would be gone for the first schools on a trimester system. So we'd be gone for 10, 12 weeks at a time away from home. Uh, Mom and dad would try to come visit kind of halfway in between, um, but we lived in a dorm with a family that that was their missionary world. Like that was their job as missionaries wow, okay. was to be dorm parents. Mm. That's what they committed to as a family. Okay. And so they were our dorm parents. They were aunt and uncle to 30 Elementary and middle school kids, or if they were high school dorm parents, okay. to
1: so you had 30 kids living together, or did you was your mm-hmm. dorm uh, so your home held, held 30 kids sometimes? <laughs> so, wow, and
0: all of your siblings, y'all were all together,
2: uh, sometimes because they were divided on grade, oh, okay. okay, so age group, so they didn't necessarily want high schoolers with you know elementary kids, okay. Um, eventually it went to elementary dorms, middle school dorms, and high school dorms, but um. Yeah. So, I mean, depended on the size of the dorm. sometimes there were 15 of us, sometimes there were 20 to 30 of yeah. us, uh, depended on, but it was, we were primarily missionary kids from all over Africa, um, from central Africa, Northern Africa. We were
0: from all over. Um, so you
1: all had some similar, uh, experiences and mm-hmm. backgrounds that you, that you, that were coming together.
0: Yeah. So a yeah. bunch of third culture kids. That's awesome. Do you still keep up with anyone Yeah, I came up uh, keep up with
2: a couple, and then um, it's funny because we kind of have those relationships that we may not see each other for a while, but when we do see each other, it's like no time has passed. Um, I had a reunion a couple years ago, and some of us hadn't seen each other since high school grad, and it was awesome. Like we just kind of picked back up where we were, and um, some are parents now, Mm. and uh, so it was just it was really cool to see that dynamic and. Um, on that particular reunion, it was super cool. Um, we Skyped in people, I think they were from ten different locations because everybody wanted to catch up. That's awesome. Um so there is that kind of unique bond of you've lived this very unique life together and um you know what it's like to be very independent from a very young age. And um and yeah. I, my personal experience was good. I know a lot of people hear boarding school and kind of have these horrible uh, mm-hmm. stories or things that they've heard mm-hmm. that have gone on. And I can say from my experience that it was it was very positive and not without challenges. Oh, yeah. um, I'm a homebody and so being away from mom and dad is was very difficult, you yeah. know. And they've talked about that, that um, you know, dropping off your four little kids. Oh <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Is, heart-wrenching, yeah. and um, you really are, I mean, that is, in my mind, such an image of trust that mm-hmm. they were just placing, you know, their trust in, in these families. I mean, counting
1: the cost for the gospel, Absolutely. for the sake of the gospel, yeah. and so...
2: Absolutely. Let me ask
1: you this, uh, from, from the standpoint of, and just quickly, what does it look like uh, to be discipled? uh In two separate situations uh, yeah. obviously the lord if, if the Lord sees it as one continuous situation, but in my in my little mind, your parents are part time discipling when mm-hmm. you 're with them and but you're also being entrusted over here to uh some uh dorm parents and a a boarding school so just give us a little bit of that,
2: yeah, my parents are it 's interesting like as a kid, you know, I didn't understand what discipleship was and I didn't really understand, uh, what that looked like. Mm-hmm. And, um, unfortunately, like I didn't really have much formal like discipleship, but like you said, you're being discipled. Um, everybody's being discipled somehow. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I was very fortunate in that boarding school situation, I was surrounded by godly adults who were there to love on and encourage and and teach us. And so, um, I can think of specific adults that I saw who yeah. were, you know, living this life and, um, who were there to love on us. And
1: did it feel more organic or more systematized kind of stuff?
2: It felt more organic. Okay. Um, definitely, now, when I was uh, growing older, like mm-hmm. in high school, I kinda of felt that like I feel like I'm flying blind <laughs> in yeah. life yeah. and I yeah. feel like I want somebody to walk alongside me. And so I would kind of try to seek that out, but uh, I didn't necessarily have someone who was like, I'm going to disciple you, I'm gonna walk alongside you mm-hmm. and, and stuff. But I definitely had a lot of adults in my life who modeled what it looked like to, you know, like you said, Count the costs and give give their life towards the gospel, and they love Jesus and wanted others to love Jesus, and so I had a lot of wonderful examples yeah. of that. Um, so yeah, discipleship looked a little oh, different. Yeah, um, and it's funny looking back. Yeah. I see a lot of things that uh, I didn't even realize. Like I'll talk with mom on the phone and be like, I didn't even realize I was picking this up, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. awesome. Um, so thank you for do- modeling yeah. that yeah. and. Uh, what that That's means? That's great. And so I was well, blessed.
0: I I think you're very blessed too. And just again, a huge shout out to your parents and those adults that poured into you. I don't think it's any surprise at all that here you are in ministry directly to students, directly to teenagers. I know you work in our whole next-gen area at church, which covers more than students, but I see you pouring into teenage women, uh, teenage young women, um, youth workers, and I'm hearing your story now going, all right, this makes sense. People that poured into you, I'm sure it built in you a passion for pouring into others. Mm-hmm. So let me let me kind of fast forward in your life, though I could talk about your boarding school <laughs> probably forever. But now as um, a young adult in your own home, mm-hmm. in, in a home that um, may look different, your story is unique. Mm-hmm. What does discipleship look like in your home now, now as um, an adult who's um, leading her own house. What does mm-hmm. that look like?
2: Yeah, and something I've learned over the last couple of years is it's something I need to be incredibly intentional about. Um, I haven't seen many times where somebody has come up to someone else and been like, I'm going to disciple you. I'm going to walk alongside you. Um, it, like you said, it has been kind of more organic. Mm-hmm. And um, But again, I've I've always kind of felt that like, I want that. I want somebody mm-hmm. to kind right. of walk with me and yeah. um, encourage me and challenge me in the gospel and, and call me to truth. Like I, yeah. I kind of want that. And so I've had to be intentional about seeking that out. And yeah, so right now I have someone that it is pretty formal. Like we set meeting times right. and yeah. um, we video chat and that is our set aside time. Mm-hmm. And she's been an incredible encouragement to me. she, is someone I know I can be completely honest Good. with and yeah. uh, there will be no judgment or anything. She will just call me out in my relationship yeah. with the Lord. And um, she'll ask really difficult questions sometimes, but she, I just, I trust her completely. And so that's something that's a little bit more formal in my life yeah. that, um, that I have sought out and, and try to maintain. Cause it's been so life giving for me. Um
1: Jeannie, let me yeah. ask you a question being um you know kind of the topic here that we're focusing on is singleness mm-hmm. and singleness uh is a family. so what does that look like for you um in in uh in being discipled and in discipling within a within a culture a church culture that is um, and I would say this is a pretty general this is a very general statement, but where uh, a lot of churches are consider themselves very family oriented, husbands and wives and children and 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 you hear a lot about the family can you can you share a little bit about what that's like and your thoughts on that and and uh, what how does that feel? just i'm I'm kind of giving you a broad <laughs> uh, area to talk there.
2: Yeah. Sometimes when you hear just exclusively language about family, it's easy to tune out and to think, well, it's, it's me. Um, that's my family unit right now. So it's easy to kind of tune out and be like, well, I don't know. What does that mean? You know? yeah. Um, yeah. And not think that some things apply to me or to singles. And, you know, it's easy to feel out of place sometimes and, um, and all that. But I think there's a key like perspective change of that's happened for me
1: um what is that what would that
2: kind of that challenge uh, at church you know we had we talk a lot about my house and and my home and and what does your home look like, whatever your home looks like, whether it's mm-hmm. blended or single parent or kind of your conventional two parents mm-hmm. um, yeah you know whatever that looks like this is what your home should look like. This is what a godly home looks like. And that was a big challenge and wake up call to me of, I have a home. Mm, Like, yeah, yeah. that's, it's me right now. It's just me, but I have a home. And so the things that a godly family are called to, I am called to. And so I'm called to be hospitable. I am called to um, my house. uh, You know, that verse in Joshua, like my house will serve the Lord. Yeah, And, So that's been a, a big call for me and kind of a wake-up call uh, for me personally that just because my life looks a little different and this is the season that I'm in, uh, I'm not called anything different. Right. I'm not a set-aside little segment of, oh, right. we'll talk about you later, <laughs> um, right. and sometimes it can feel like that a little bit if if we don't talk about what homes look like and, and what a family looks like. There has to be an intentionality. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And
1: from from people who are teaching and leading and those types of things yes. to intentionally bring singles. Uh, at, well, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Not to exclude singles. Yes. Because there are singles in the rooms that we're in teaching, whether it's uh, on Sundays in the uh, your auditorium or in your groups and those types of things, and so it's easy. I think it. I, I think it can be easy sometimes to n- not really think through who who all is sitting in the room and only speak to one segment of the room.
2: Yeah, I think intentionality is is huge uh, because what I've learned is that the principles are mm-hmm. the same, and you know we were talking about uh, about like marriage and and stuff as a series recently and you know what does it mean to be a godly wife and a godly husband and there's principles about commitment about uh you know not tearing other people down and those things aren't just going to appear
1: you know if I do get
2: married those things aren't just going to appear out of nowhere like those are character things Mm -hmm. and absolutely so I think (laughs)
1: Arwen has just stepped into the room, and so... Uh, Arwen's yeah. being desired to be pet so.
0: okay we'll do a commercial break for Arwen right now but <laughs> but back to Jenny I know um, I do love how our church has done an emphasis recently about my house yeah. uh, and how you worship what worship looks like in your house um, so I know we're doing an emphasis of, of read pray and sing yeah. so what does that look like when you're by yourself <laughs> at home is it just like one long quiet time <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm joking. Kind of. What does it look like?
2: But really, um, it's something that again, I've was challenged. Like I was thinking, you know, we have these weekly worship guides yeah. and that are read portions of, of scripture, you know, pray through those mm-hmm. and, and then sing. Yeah. And I'm not always singing by myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just walking around. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that means I just pull out my phone and play a song and it, it's a source of yeah. encouragement for me. And, um, but it is, it's something that at first I kind of maybe discounted a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, but it's something that I was like, no, that can apply to me, that worship guide. I can use that mm-hmm. as a part yeah. of, um, I love it. my yeah. weekly yeah. development. Cause it's, you know, it's simple mm-hmm. and it is, it is cool to have a guided prayer. And yeah. so it is kind of turned yeah. into like a, a longer quiet time, you know, just <laughs> me. And, um, it has something, it is something that I've been using, which is, yeah. I've enjoyed cuz mm-hmm. it does it builds on what we're learning as a church and the focus we have and yeah if
1: you'd like to find out more about that we'll put that in the show notes uh and so if you're listening right now you could uh you could even uh, find that And it might be useful for you uh, in your own personal time. Jenny, let me ask you, I want to be a little bit more pointed. Are there things that happen within the church context, maybe on a Sunday, a Wednesday, I don't know, whenever, uh, uh, where things uh, as a a single person, that maybe you have married friends, uh, anything that ever gets awkward in that kind of situation, (laughs) and you're going... uh, that's not necessarily the most helpful thing or that kind of thing. I'm again, wide open here.
2: Yeah. There's definitely been a number of incidents that have been like, I don't think you understand what single life is. And, (laughs) um, it's hard because culture puts this image out there of what singles Mm -hmm. are or should be doing, you know, how they're spending their money and their time and, um, being out every night and, or you know, being workaholics, you know, whatever yeah, the yeah. image that you kind of think yeah. of when you think of a single person and how they spend their time, uh, that's not helpful. <laughs> okay. Um, because that may not be yeah, real. True. And, um, but also this idea I feel like that I've perceived is that, uh, value kind of comes with a relationship or the value of an individual maybe comes mm-hmm when they're married. And, um, that's been a difficult one in my own mind to overcome, but also it's not been helpful when somebody who's well-meaning and wanting to find out about me and my life. And they're asking about whether I'm in a relationship and I'm like, no, not right now. And I kind of get a response of, Oh, that's okay. Um. And (laughs) you're still young. And I'm like, Thank, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not always
1: helpful. <laughs> well, um, well, let me ask it. you, what would be helpful yeah. uh, for uh, someone who's uh, either not married yet or doesn't desire to get married? Uh, what would be helpful from, uh, in a way for a married couple, a married person, someone to uh, address? What would, what would be helpful?
2: Uh, So I think it's been super helpful when people just want to get to know you and ask questions of, okay, what does singleness look like for you? Or what are your hobbies? What are you doing? What's, but if you want to get kind of even deeper than that, like what, what is God doing in you? Like, are you, are you content? Is that something that's great? Mm -hmm. Like that you're grateful for? Like I can honestly say, if somebody asks me that, I can honestly say I'm, I'm grateful for where I'm at. Yeah. I don't want to be a bitter single person. That's. Yeah that's not cool. This is what God has given me and where he's brought me. And I can look at my life and, uh, and see that it is full Mm -hmm. and I can be satisfied in the Lord and he has provided for me. And if, if I do have a relationship and if I do get married and have a family one day, that would be awesome. But if this is the season and if this is what the Lord has called me to, then, then, okay. Uh, so
1: questions about your walk, questions yeah. about uh, encouraging you in your in your walk, uh, about what what God's doing with your ministry and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and those types of things.
2: Yeah, just get to know people. Yeah, yeah
1: just, just time together.
2: Time together. Time together is huge. Single people have a lot of time on their hands unless yeah. they're filling it with work, and yeah. um, which is a big trap. You right. know, a lot of single people have multiple yeah. jobs and <laughs> work a lot, yeah. but. Other than that, we have a lot of time on our hands. We would love to have dinner. We would love to hang out with your yeah, family, yeah. and uh, I think it's can feel like we can be overlooked sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's it's awesome to be seen and to be known, mm-hmm. and that's a desire all humans have. Yeah, exactly. you're exactly and, right. You know, be relational. That's right. a, that's a big thing, and. And that teaches us to be with people outside of our own stage. Yeah. And and that's just healthy to just be around people of all ages right. and stages and... Perspectives and backgrounds—it's just healthy. It's like-
1: well, I was going—I was going to ask that question: Is do you do you think it would be healthy? Do you think that it is healthy or good uh, to see? You know, a lot of times there are affinity groups, and you have singles groups, you have marriage, you have young marriage, you have empty s- nesters. Empty nesters. <laughs> what, what is your thought uh, from from your perspective of? Um, uh, more of a, I, I don't want to use, I, I guess it's, I don't know if it's intergenerational groups, but, uh, groups that have married, married mm-hmm. families, uh, divorce, never been married, Widowed. kids, I widows, what's mix. your thoughts on those?
2: I think a group like that or or community like that can be super helpful. It may not be yeah. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the best thing for you right now, if you have a young kid is like to be with other people mm-hmm. who are in that situation to right help you figure that out, you know, like it depends on what your, your needs are at the moment, but I think it could be super helpful. Really cool to see people from all walks Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, iron sharpens iron, like that challenges us, like to just, it just challenges our thinking and challenges our faith. And I think if you come at it with a mentality of, okay, how does this apply to your context? Mm -hmm. Like how does this scripture or this principle apply to your life okay this may look different for you right. but and then sharing with one another like mm-hmm. it's good as part of the body it's good to be a body and be together right and so i think there's a time and a place for that for groups and, for both and yeah. for both
0: and i think there's health and what you're saying that all of us calling each other up to to higher things and asking hard questions. And before you ask those hard questions, you've got to know somebody. Mm -hmm. So just spending time um, with all kinds of different uh, generations and marriage and not marriage and just D, all of the above is spending Mm -hmm. time and uh, getting to know one another, I think is super healthy. So I do want to ask, I want to throw out a question if we have time and we do because we're in charge of the timer. So yay. (laughs) Um, I want to, because you do work um, so well in student and young adult ministry at our church. um, And because, you know, I'm, I have a heart for, for students, young women, what they're facing, and then also as a parent so if you could be a voice for students right now, what do you think students in today's world are wanting their parents to hear? What I've seen in students in
2: the last, I've been doing this almost, or right at nine years I've been in student ministry. And I think in the last couple of years, I've seen such a spike in anxiety and, mm. uh, wow. and, uh a difficulty in communicating with parents
0: okay
2: um i've seen a lot of that and i think i don't know if there's this disconnect because of it's a different generation and they've grown right. up with different things with a lot more technology right. and all that i don't know if it's just a disconnect in in that or but i've just seen such a high pressure um lead to a lot of anxiety of if i don't get this grades and and go to this school and get this scholarship then I'm a failure and and you know I I talked to a student and she said if I don't get into this school I don't know what I'm gonna do and you know there's just a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations on students Mm -hmm. I think they wear and carry a lot of parents expectations of what their lives should look like maybe passing on of You know, my life doesn't look like this, but yours sure will. Yeah. Yeah. um,
1: The whole living vicariously through your kids.
2: I have seen a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think students just struggle to communicate with their parents sometimes if there's not been that kind of relationship established. Um, And I know that I can't imagine what it's like to be a parent and have your child grow up and suddenly they're not doing exactly what you said mm-hmm. they were going to do or mm. that you wanted them to do. And now they have their own opinions about things and, yeah, and no, I don't want to have that job. I want to do this and I want to pursue this mm-hmm. and I want to do this sport or this instrument. You know, I can't imagine what that's like as a parent to yeah. so be like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is <was> this child? <laughs> um, but I think sometimes again, con- not every family is the same and yeah. you know, some kids are being raised by their grandparents mm-hmm. and that's a whole other thing. And yeah, but I, I just have seen so many students just have such a high anxiety about Mm. what they should be doing. And uh, I think what students need to hear is, I say this for anybody in anything, communicating anything, (laughs) grace and truth. Mm -hmm. Um, They need to hear and be challenged with love and with kindness and with Mm -hmm. grace and especially in the teen years, ask a lot of questions because students aren't just going to, it's not like when they were six and they'll talk right. your ear off for hours. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. It's they, They're they going to do yes and no answers. And, yeah. and yeah, it, yeah. it takes time and intentionality to mm-hmm. really get to their hearts and what's going on yep. and um, to build trust in a new way as teenagers. And they really desperately want to be adults and be right. independent and um, make their own decisions. And so I think grace and truth, there's sometimes when you are the parent and – this is, this is how it's going to be. right? Um, but yeah, so I always try to encourage people, grace and truth, yeah. <laughs> both of those together.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I want to say thank you for what you're doing with our student ministry. Uh, it's a val- va- very valid and valuable uh, ministry. So thank you for what you're doing. And I, and I do think uh, the, the way the Lord has, um, the way that he's placed you at this time and in this season in your life, of singleness. Mm-hmm. You have some opportunities and time to pour in that maybe uh, others don't and I mm-hmm. thank you for giving that time and um and and all that you're sharing. So.
2: Thank you and that's something that I'm again like I said earlier I'm so grateful for this time in my life because I do have more time and if there's a volleyball game or a softball game or a play on the weekend, you know, I'm not taking time away from you know, kids. Right. And you know, there's boundaries and there's things that I need to have my own life. I'm not totally ministry hundred mm-hmm. percent of the time, but I have more freedom yeah. with my time. And and that's something I'm really grateful for because, yeah. uh, I want to, I want a disciple. I want to pour into students. Like you said, the way I was loved on and, um, kind of back to what I was thinking with uh, what students need to hear from their parents and in communication. Um, I'm going to brag on my parents a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're so great and always have been at, telling me that they that I'm loved and that I'm cared for and all that but one thing and I don't know what it is but there's just something that when when they say that they're proud of me mm-hmm. even to this day as a grown adult yeah. that just hits my heart in a completely different way and I don't know maybe a parent needs to try telling their kid that they're proud of them and see what that does you know powerful. there's something very powerful I don't I don't know of Another image of um, of the Father's love, our Heavenly Father's love for us of, I'm proud of you. You're mine. Mm-hmm. I'm claiming you. That yeah. one. She's yeah. mine. She's mine. <laughs> and, and that is incredibly powerful to me. A woman that I deeply respect, uh, one time she talked about discipleship in a way of finding pe- find people who smile at you like God smiles at oh, you. Oh, wow. That's and good. that has just stuck with mm-hmm. me, and I want to be that person to others and encourage other people to be that person yeah. to students yeah. and cuz they bear a lot of burdens and they need people who smile at them like the Lord mm-hmm. smiles at them. Amen. Well, you
1: know, Jesus when he was baptized, uh the voice said his father in heaven said, "This is my son in whom yeah. I am well pleased." Yeah. Uh and we're all we're all yearning for the day when mm-hmm. we when we hear him say, "Well done." Yeah. It's something that is created within us by God and mm-hmm. so that that's a that's a really really strong word that you give yeah. us. Uh, I wanted to say one last thing yeah. uh, about, um, Jenny, I appreciate you being really kind of, I, I think, candid and open about, uh, singleness. Uh, we need, we in the church need to hear this. Uh, and so I thank you also though, for calling singles up and mm-hmm. out, uh, to more. And uh, I appreciate that, uh, so much. It's, uh, it's a, it's a privilege that you've given us. And, and I know that, uh, on the podcast, we have a lot of folks who are married Mm -hmm. who will be listening. And so I want, uh, I want to encourage all of us, um, that there aren't people who are just waiting for us to invite them in, but there are people who would love to be invited in. And so, uh, today, if you're listening and you are married, I want to ask you, man, take some time and invite a single person from your community, from your Mm -hmm. uh, church community, uh, into what it is that God's given you. And uh, Jenny, again, thank you so much for uh, taking time with us. Yes,
0: we've had some great words about living in community. So thank you. I'm so thankful that God brought you to this community here in Smyrna at LifePoint. So thank you. I could sit for another hour and hear about your background and your story. Maybe another time. Okay. Okay. We got to, we got to push stop. So thank you everyone for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed meeting Jenny as much as we love her ourselves. So have a great day and thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for joining us on family cast, a weekly conversation about marriage, parenting, and all things family. We ask you to subscribe to family cast on your favorite podcast platform and invite a friend to listen in.